I want to welcome you to Comms 110, Intro to Mass Communication. This is a survey course, and I'm very excited to be your professor. My name is Dr. David Allison, and in this course, we're going to look at media. We're going to look at broadcasting, film, television, radio. We're going to look at the publishing industry. We're going to look at books and magazines and newspapers. We're going to look at advertising and public relations and even media law, just to name a few. I have a question to begin. Did God create us to watch television or to listen to radio and music and to read newspapers, magazines, and books? I think God created us for something more. I think maybe he created us to be on television, to play music, to speak on the radio. I think he created us to write for newspapers and magazines and to produce media. As we go through this course, we will have an emphasis on technology, innovation and technology. And with that, we'd just simply like to begin our first lecture um, on the development of new media. Dr. Falwell was a visionary, and his vision led him to found not only one of the great churches in America, but Liberty University. And one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Falwell is this. Dr. Falwell would say, we need people today who will say we can, we must, and we will great thoughts. We need a can-do spirit as we go through this course. I'd also like to share with you a thought from Bill Gates. All right. Bill Gates said television is not real life. In real life, people actually have to leave the coffee shop and get jobs. Gates on another occasion said, life is not fair. Get used to it. But my favorite quote by Bill Gates was this, be nice to nerds. Chances are you'll end up working for one. Before we begin this lecture on new media, I'd just like to begin with a, a thought to ponder. Do you ever, did you know there's ways you can tell if a redneck's been working at your computer? Actually, there's eight of them. Number eight, the monitor will be up, up on blocks. Number seven, the extra RAM slots have Dodge truck parts installed. The sixth way to tell if a redneck's been working at your computer is the Winders logo has a Dell Earnhardt sticker on it. Number five, the numeric keyboard only goes up to five. Number four, the password has been changed to Bubba. And the third way to tell if a redneck has been working at your computer there's a skull can in the CD-ROM drive. The second way to tell if a redneck's been working at your computer is the keyboard is now camouflaged. And the main way to tell if a redneck's been working at your computer, the mouse is referred to as a critter. All right, enough levity. We want to look at traditional media and new media. And over the years, old media became predictable. Television was produced in a certain manner. The quality had to be at a certain level, and this meant that the only 
um, thing that could appear on television. The only newscasts had to be produced either in a news studio or, you know, remote live with, you know, professional cameras. And so old media relied on a traditional delivery of uh, reporting the evening news, just like newspapers depended on a traditional media outlet, and the same is true for magazines. But that would change with new media. You realize when the tragedy of Virginia Tech happened, nearly all the coverage came from students' cell phones in the early hours of that event. And new media will use a variety of outlets. Now, there were several things that made the development of new media possible. And we want to look at uh, two of these early examples uh, at this time. The first major case is when Dan Rather reported on the CBS Evening News that President Bush had misrepresented his military background. Now, whenever a news anchor takes on the President of the United States, this is going to um, alert people's attention. And um, one man, a uh, person who went by the nickname of Buckhead, went into a San Francisco public library. He saw this report and he wrote a blog and posted this blog on Free Republic. And Buckhead simply wrote on his blog that he knew that the report on CBS News was a fabrication. Now, we can't be deceived by the name Buckhead. This wasn't a good old boy from Georgia. Buckhead was actually a 46-year-old attorney, and he had experience uh, with the Texas National Guard. And he was familiar with the forms that were used in Texas at that time. And Buckhead simply said that um, the report was false by looking at the forms. Again, this attorney's name was Harry W. McDougald, all right? And Buckhead is simply the neighborhood in Atlanta that he lived in. But he knew the document by, that Dan Rather had demonstrated or showed was a fabrication, and so he posted it. And the incredible thing was, in one hour, 10,000 people had seen this blog. Within 24 hours after the blog was posted, over a million people had seen the truth. Then the news reports ran it. The networks ran the report. Dan Rather and CBS would deny that the report was forged. All right? But the stories persisted in the internet. And the result was that an internet David would slay the giant, the media giant, Dan Rather. The reports of Buckhead were true. The charge against President Bush of misrepresenting his military background was totally false. And a distinguished reporting career of Dan Rather would come to a tragic end, all brought on by the power of new media. There is a second example that we need to talk about. I don't know if you have any friends or family in the military. I know my brother-in-law was a first sergeant with 101st Airborne 
out of Fort Campbell, Kentucky. But in the last presidential election, Senator Kerry was um, giving a speech in California. And um, he was speaking in Los Angeles on a Monday as he was campaigning to be the Democratic nominee for president. And one local television station played highlights from Kerry's speech. They played the speech without comment. And the local news media simply called Kerry's speech a tribute to education. All right. This good United States Senator had just insulted everyone that serves our country in the United States military, and traditional media refused to comment on it. However, there was a radio host by the name of John Ziegler, who um, was host of WF, WKFI, and he said when he saw the broadcast, he said, my jaw just dropped open and he posted the broadcast on his website. And he asked his listeners to do the same because he knew traditional media was not going to report it. Well, this was actually a big win for new media because it was posted first on YouTube and then within hours it was picked up by conservative blogger Michelle Malcolm and then Matt Drudge saw the story and ran it on the Drudge Report. And the next thing you know, after it appeared on the Drudge Report, all CNN and Fox News ran the report. But it took the power of new media to make the networks pay attention. So new media has changed the face of news reporting. New media is changing the face of advertising and public relations. This is really a historic event. Rupert Murdoch, who is, owns the Wall Street Journal, he owns 20th Century Fox, and he owns Fox News and also The Simpsons, by the way. Rupert Murdoch says that changes in media are critical. It says you have to go back 500 years to the development of the printing press to see such a dramatic change in media. All right, today we've simply looked at the development of new media. We've given you two examples to show how new media is changing the face of the way we interact with media and the way news is reported. As you do your reading, we hope that you will enjoy many more experiences as we become familiar with innovations in technology and the way that technology impacts our lives on a daily basis. I look forward to seeing you again.